Our podcast is totally funded by you, the audience. If you'd like to help us with the podcast, just go to our Patreon page and subscribe. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. You get all the episodes in video format, HD video format, and you'll also get a lot more stuff when you subscribe. Go check it out. Patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. Quiet, please. Please be quiet. Quiet, please. I think in order to be happy, you know, you gotta lie to yourself a little bit. Like, I tell myself I look like sexy George Costanza. But I know I really look like Prison Larry David. As we got two new guys on today, Doug Uram. Am I saying that right, Doug? Yeah, it's close enough. How do you say it? Uram. Doug Uram. And then uh, Doug, Doug, I just met at the comic store. Where, where were we? We were at Stand Up New York. Stand Up New York. Yeah, and I said to Andrew, I go, I haven't even seen him do stand-up. I don't care. I watched him for a minute just hanging at the bar. I'm like, dude, get him on the podcast. This guy's classic. That's why my fucking career goes nowhere, Joe. <laughs> I'm a fucking loud mouth cursing at the TV screen. I was like, oh, I want to stay away from him. Uh, and, and Massimo's always been that way with me. Massimo and I, we go way back in a weird way. We worked in Montreal. I think that's where we first met, right, Massimo? Yeah, the first like the first time that you came down and uh, and headlined at the uh, at the Comedy Works in Montreal. Yes, and we yeah. were on. And, then, and I remember you, yeah, all, all weekend long. Then the second time you you headlined, you kind of adjusted to uh, being in Montreal. But the whole weekend, all you did was yell at audiences for uh, not being the way that you're used to audiences being in New York. You know what I mean, like. Uh, I forget what, like what the things were. There were certain things you were angry about, just that were happening. I remember there was one woman who uh, wouldn't stop talking, and you're like, somebody uh, throw this fucking broad out, and like nobody, like at the comic works, nobody ever really they gets were. thrown out. Like you have to like like physically attack a comic, and then they're like, mm, should we do something? You know. That's so I remember you were like, is nobody gonna? And then you just um basically That's... just roasted this woman i remember you said i want to kick your head off like a football which, <laughs> and i was like i like this guy i like this guy as soon as you said that line, i'm like ah oh, that's a beautiful line you know, i just want to they used to say that to, i want to punt your head right off your shoulder jesus <laughs> yeah. christ it was just That's, a beautiful how'd that go over in canada like, uh, was that how'd that go it, over in canada <laughs> you know what i mean like uh, canadians are uh people think we're like super polite and all that but they're they're violent people you know our <laughs> our favorite sport is fighting on ice you know what i mean like it's not uh... that's true also canada has like one of the biggest fucking influences of like the hell's angels in any yeah country. well we, you know <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, yeah. no, yeah, there is. Uh, oh, is it that, wow, it's that big. Holy shit. All right. No, I'm kidding. I, I made that up. Yeah, yeah. No, but they uh, they actually, t- uh, like, um, years ago, they uh, passed a law um, because of bikers and all that, uh, where they can't wear 
like their their cut and all that in Montreal. I don't know about all over Canada, but definitely right. in Quebec in Montreal. Oh, wow. anyway, did they follow that rule? What an interesting like, story you. I just told. <laughs> well, you know, it's weird as a comedian. I don't know if you guys ever run into this. You probably do. It's like sometimes if you're doing jokes and they don't work, and then for a weird reason, I think once you've been doing comedy longer, and I, I, I've been doing comedy so fucking long, and even when I met you, it was probably 10 or 12 years ago, at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was probably, and I remember this because there was somebody you brought with you that weekend, a comic, and he was like showing you Facebook. Like uh, MySpace nice. was dying out. And I was like, what's this Facebook? I go, I, I go, oh, I heard about that. I haven't joined. He's like, dude. And then your friend was like, dude, you have to join, man. This is where all the fucking broads are on Facebook. MySpace is done. So that was probably, I don't know, what was that? 2007, eight, when like MySpace was dying and Facebook was just taking off. So, so it's probably, yeah, it's like 15 years ago or something. 15 years ago. Wow. Okay. I wonder about, yeah. well, I've been married mm. for 16 years. I wonder how, if it was me pre-marriage or after marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, think, I think you might. No, I remember you talking about your wife that, that weekend. If You probably were married because then you came back and you headlined the second time, maybe six to eight months. Could have been more than a year later. So... Well, I was going to say to you guys, have you ever done this in your comedy where it's like for some reason, especially when you're in a new place, you're in you're in Montreal, they they speak another language. There's a million different expressions. Everything's different. Every storefront is a different is a story you've never heard of. Everything is new and your act's not connecting. And then I think once you've been doing comedy long, you start to learn this new note, which is I'm just going to tell them how much this sucks. And it's like and they're going to and if you say it in the right way, it can actually be funnier than your act. See, I've I've said it in the wrong way so many times that I don't say it anymore. It scared me off of saying it because I've like <laughs> killed the energy in the room and bombed because I'm saying it. So, yeah, many times. yeah it's weird. There's certain certain cities that won't work. Where the if they're so closed off, they don't appreciate you being really honest. No, but, I don't. I don't think it was the city. I think it was just the way I was doing it. Like I was so upset and angry that it, there was nothing uh, funny about it. You were really mad so, about yeah. it. Yeah. Why <laughs> were you so mad about it? Uh, I don't know because I was a little bitch. I don't know. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say like like a, like a black audience. If you do an African American or audience somewhere i don't run into that as much as i did like halfway through my comedy career if you get really honestly pissed off they fucking they'll die they love it like they appreciate <laughs> you, the more honest and raw you get the funnier an audience a black audience thinks you are but a montreal audience can sometimes they're a harder one they're not an easy one to figure out yeah, I've, you know, like for me, it's well, for me, it's like hard because I started doing comedy in Montreal, but I've definitely heard that from um, from a lot of like comics who are not from Montreal and come in like mm -hmm. headline and whatever. They're like, oh, these Montreal audience, man, they're fucking weird. Sometimes I say some really fucked up shit and they laugh. And they say <laughs> some things that are not even that fucked up and nobody laughs. And it's, you know, Massimo, I don't know. I just. What is it like it, if you had to say that there's any specific differences in the sense of humor, what would you say it is? 
Uh, I don't like. I to be totally honest, like I, I'm, like I wish I had like a, um, an actual answer for what the difference is. But like for me, it's hard because I just like I'm one of those comics. I just feel like definitely there's differences between different cities and whatever. Um, but I'm also kind of comic. I just feel like you know, as long as people speak English, it's yeah. always kind of the same thing. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. But I don't you know. Don't like, I, I've, never, I've, never, I've always tried to figure out what it was, but I've never. Where'd he go? Did I do that? <laughs> no, some, no, I think a phone call was coming in. Oh, there he is. All right. All right. Yeah, no, it was a phone call coming in. Uh, um, but yeah, you know, I've always tried to figure it out. I don't really know. Like, whenever people said, like, let's say, like, people from, like, Tor- like just to keep it in Canada kind of thing, when people in Toronto, like, Toronto comics would come to Montreal and say that, I never really, because then I would go to Toronto and perform. And as far as, my like act or whatever i never really felt that much uh of a difference uh with you know the exception of obviously like references or something but so i don't know that's basically i wish i uh i don't have a lot of answers you should know that about, about <laughs> you know you don't know me but i i'm not the answers guy you know what i mean i'm just usually you don't like, have to go to canada no for that clue. Though, man. <laughs> yeah you don't have it's to go everywhere. to canada like, and I... have foreigners staring at you would have no idea i was at the pair this weekend there's a couple from spain and they thought comedy was a great idea to take in as English being their second language. And they just stare at you with a blank fucking look on their face. Like, I don't know what they say. I'm like, what? I don't know. I don't know what it is about foreigners and coming to a fucking comedy show and hearing it all in English and having no idea what we're talking about. You, and then you, they don't enjoy the show. Doug, you ever do those uh, hostel shows where it's like eight different oh, countries? Have I done hostel shows? Jesus Christ, man. I, it's like doing stand-up in, like, the airport. Like, just everybody <laughs> from, like, every fucking shithole country is just sitting there watching you, and not one person shares a common language amongst them. I do well I do can't. well in that situation, though. I feel like I, I like the international shit. I don't know why, but they, really? I relate to them somehow. Like, I yeah, do better. I, I don't like them. I do better there than I do in New York crowds. That's weird. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's, it's like uh, you look like some of them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. One thing that, I, that doesn't work, I noticed it doesn't work well in Montreal specifically. And I noticed... But what exactly, but maybe this would be easier to figure Like, what exactly is it specifically that you found didn't work? Like in yeah, that's what I was going about to say. Oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> I like cutting people off before they get to the point. <laughs> he was just on his way there and he's like but what don't you like it's like yeah i, was like, I want to sound intelligent for a moment and go no, but tell us what it is exactly you just sounded like yeah. a therapist how they just repeat they're like so yeah. what you're trying to say is um uh no one you know what's well it's not odd it's two different places but stuff in it would work in Toronto. What I noticed specifically doesn't work in Montreal, but will work in Toronto is like, and like I'm an Italian guy, right. You know, like from Jersey that, that specific attitude, like that would get a laugh in New York or Jersey or Connecticut or Pennsylvania, like, like specifically, like if I had to think like a joke I do about, I have a joke I haven't done it in so long, but it was kind of about um, how my wife basically wanted me to not speak in this car ride. 
because um, I take Adderall and I get really chatty and she's like, can you just like not talk for, like the next four hours? And then I'm like trying to be quiet and in the joke, I'm trying to be quiet because she does really well financially and I don't want to fuck it up. So I'm just silent and I make it like four minutes silent. And I look at her and she's like, yeah, it was four minutes. And I go, I got to be honest when I'm quiet for that long, I start plotting your death. Right. Like, like a joke like that, that has that, like, like not that it's like the Sopranos esque, but it's that like a that attitude of like you're jokingly killing somebody and it's your wife. Like to a New Yorker, that shit's funny to us. Like we're like, ah, my fucking wife. Eh, I want to fucking kill. I want to fucking shove her in a fu like. They'll laugh at like that. Like yeah. I want to fucking and kill her. This you know, like just the at the the Italian attitude that I grew up with doesn't translate in, in, in Montreal, but in oh, Toronto okay. it does. I, you know, but you know, I, I think I know the reason. The attitude. There's not a lot of, sorry, what? The angry attitude. Yeah, that's probably because there's more, like I find that when I lived in Toronto, I met more Italians at the comedy club than I did in Montreal. I just think uh, Montrealers, um, Italian Montrealers don't go out to comedy clubs as much. Yeah. Um, and the other thing you know, in New York, you'll get people from France. They suck, too. Like, French people don't think I'm funny. They suck everywhere. I don't know. They might. I think they think French comedians are funny. Like, like something has to be funny. You can't not laugh. Like, <laughs> something's funny to French people. But it right. is not that jerseyness that New York guy is not. They find that, like, low class and embarrassing they don't find it fun i think it's either yeah. got to be slapstick or super dry you know yeah like jerry lewis yeah that's yeah he's yeah like, i think yeah. it's also because french people from france really dislike uh americans, americans. like they like visiting yeah. new york and the <laughs> states but they just hate like everybody there while they're there what they what? just have to sit there and you, judge if, everybody if you play the stupid american i'm sure they'd like that they're like oh i oh, wish of I would, course yeah i wish i had culture i wish you know. massimo who could like um how long did you did you grow up in montreal or no yeah well, yeah but you know i was born and raised there yeah so what comedian from the u.s would you say like that is kind of in our crop is there like all-time favorite in the in the city of montreal who they just love who the, wow american I, you know like i said man i'm like i'm sometimes i'm like the worst person to ask this because i don't know i've always had um like definitely there's always bad shows you know what i mean all that but i've always had just good experiences um at you know um at the comedy works and whatever headliners always came through. It always seemed like they did well. i'm not saying i had bad shows there Right. I noticed well, I, I, I had bad that. shows in Montreal whenever it was whenever I was doing a gala, one of those galas. Do you call them gala? Right. The no, gala. gala man. The, it was I, I, an yeah. older crowd from Montreal, and for some reason, those audiences seemed so hard. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, they, they definitely can. Uh, but you know, as far as a comic that used to come by a lot and would always, and this is before he kind of became, you know, uh, a bit bigger and all that. Uh, definitely, like. Like there was, this is why I just started doing comics like early 2000s and uh, Nick DePaola uh, came down. Like, I think it was like mm. 2001 or two. And they, and, you know, usually the comedy works is 
like you know back in though then it slowly like got worse and worse as far as um selling out the room and all that but it was never always sold out but that weekend like they left the door of because it was like on the second floor so you go up the stairs and they left the door and people were sitting on the uh, the steps uh definitely like when nick DePaul was around definitely people uh ray romano used to the comedy works well, that's surprising because club, Nick, Nick, Nick DePolo does have that attitude. I'm surprised that they look. Yeah. Dude, there's but, a he, but he also, but he also like knew how to deal, I, I guess, with it or whatever. Like he, like whenever they weren't feeling it, he would attack them and take apart why they weren't into it. And then they just ended up laughing because he just hit the well, right fucking thing, whatever it was. And what you're talking about, which is doing the comedy works where Jimbo's club, that's, that's what, that is different. I used to like doing Jimbo's club a lot. That felt like the, are you talking about the nest? I'm talking about doing the comedy festival when you'd be doing new faces and or doing these galas where there's like a thousand people in the audience and they're filming the TV show. I remember yeah. I, I did one where Howie Mandel was the host, and I just like I just I, I hate that they still air it. The things are all over the place. They put fake laughs in there. They like fake it. Yeah. Okay. But well. I, so, okay. Uh, then I didn't know you were talking about. I know you mentioned Gala, but I kind of missed that part. But like like you said, you know, when you worked at the Comic Works, it was good. But the galas also very different because a lot of you know like the the Montreal Comedy Fest during that time also gets tons and tons of uh of tourists and people from elsewhere you know what i mean who come to montreal you know it's thinking, like there's so many i like over the years because you know i i you know i was i'm from montreal i started doing comedy in montreal so every year just for last festival you always end up meeting people and you're talking to people and i meet so many people who are huge fans they say they're huge fans of comedy you know uh even people that i meet from montreal they say like a uh, big fan of comedy. Yeah, me and my wife, every year we buy a pass and we go see like 10 shows or just for last festival. And I'm like, oh, cool. And like, I go, during the year, do you go to like the works? And then that's he's like, what the, what's the, the comedy ass? I'm like, the comedy ass, comedy works, the comedy clubs. Because oh, there's comedy clubs? There's comedy clubs here in Montreal? I didn't know. But they call themselves big fans. There's so many people who are big fans of comedy and they say I'm a huge fan, but they only come out once a year during just for last festival. So, you know, those people are coming out, you know, with some, you know, not the idea of maybe comedy or what comedy is, their expectations or what they want is different. You know what I mean? Hey, Joe, what what are we, we going to do? This thing says it's going to turn off in eight minutes. Well, we're going to, it's going to cut <laughs> us off and then we're going to cut, come back on and do it. It only gives you 40 minutes at a time. So we're just going to have to do two 40 minutes, but right, I want so- the podcast to be about an hour. Thanks for giving me a nice in point for editing go <laughs> <laughs> cut this part out right here no uh, it's, it's i really want to jump into i hate talking comedy on my podcast and we always end up doing it right andrew i'm yeah. like no let's try to not talk about comedy next thing we know we're having a 15 minute comedy comp- conversation mm-hmm. uh um because like i don't know even Can though I, I was telling massimo the show's called pretender to contender even though we kind of uh, hate the title but we're stuck with it because my my old co-host was in a documentary called the pretender <laughs> he he was a rocky impersonator and they did a documentary about him 
and uh and now him and i had a big falling out and now we're stuck with this name forever pretender to contender but you and i do like the the general meaning of that title and yeah. uh, we're gonna revamp yeah. it we're gonna make it uh meaningful to us like i like i told when you texted me i said you know uh pretend it sounds like a, a rocky thing and you're from philly originally right yeah so you know rocky that's, a, that's a big thing for you people no rocky oh, yeah. It's like a... yeah but this guy this guy and i had such a falling out and he was so into rocky that it made me not like rocky anymore like, oh okay <laughs> that's what what? But when I texted you that I thing, could, you I had... could for sure see that happen. Somebody's so into something that he names your podcast after the fucking fictitious Rocky character, and then you just hate Rocky just because of him. Yeah, it was the best because my my wife goes, uh, I go, he ended up not being what I thought he was going to be, and she goes, oh, you thought he was going to be normal? She goes, he dresses up <laughs> like Rocky for a living. Did he do the whole podcast as Rocky? The worst part is he didn't think he was doing Rocky. And when he wasn't, he was still doing Rocky. I was like, dude, you're doing this with your hands when you're talking. Like, this is something only Rocky does when he talks. Like, no, he was like, you know, Joe, I'm, you know. And I was like, dude, you're doing Rocky all the time. Oh, no. What did you expect, Joe? Now that makes sense that you had that angry face when I uh, brought up the uh, Rocky thing. And I, it was my favorite movie of all time. Like I would go on interviews and if anyone would ever ask me, what's the greatest movie ever, I would say hundred percent Rocky. I love the movie. I love what it represents all that. And then like he came around and I dude, I went to a screening of the, um, Stallone recut Rocky four recently and released it. And like re-edited the whole movie and like changed it and added all these longer acted scenes in it. And they did a Q&A with Stallone and a woman I know gave me free tickets to go. And my old podcast partner, the Stallone guy, was in line with me. He was like six ahead of me. And he was being condescending as shit out loud. Like to the point where like if this was 20 years ago, we would have probably gotten a fight or something like he was being such an asshole. But I'm on so many antidepressants now. <laughs> I don't get angry at anything. <laughs> and he's and he's mad because he doesn't think I'm a real fan like that. I don't I shouldn't even be at this screening like he had that. out of like, oh, look who's here. He thinks he's a fan. Joe Matarese. And my brother was with me too, and my and he was shitting on my brother a little bit to my brother's face, which is my brother's on meds now too. I almost wish he wasn't because my brother's like six four and like two forty, like he could kill him. Right? I can't even, Joe. I've known you for four years. I can't even imagine your brother. He looks I've nothing like me. Yeah, and he's really big. He's the jock version of me. Let's put it this way: we and this is a good segue to talk about. Because each of us kind of are going to be sharing a thing on the podcast. We always like to, Andrew and I like to talk about something specific from our life that week that's kind of like funny and interesting to talk about. And that was what I, I my brother was something that I was going to use to talk about this week, Andrew. Because uh, you, I don't know if you could tell, I'm not home right now. I'm in my, I'm in my parents' house right now. They're watching a movie in the other room. That's yeah. the, <laughs> the worst movie. Yeah, <laughs> your parents watch. 
my dad just goes, this is good. And just put, I go, you don't do any research. You don't check Rotten Tomatoes for scores, nothing. He's like, no. Nah. And my mom's like, I like Jennifer Gardner. And I'm like, I hate Jennifer. She's, is she ever know. been in a good movie? And they're so, like, they're in the other room watching this. But because um, Andrew and I talked about this new show, Winning Time this new movie or this new uh, series on HBO all about the, uh, the Lakers of the eighties and uh, John C. Riley plays the owner of the Lakers and Adrian Brody plays Pat Riley. And there's a great actor playing magic Johnson, another great actor playing uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Andrew and I love it. Right. And my brother is, like I said, he's the jock version of me. I'm over his house last night while I'm here. And you got to watch, watch this. And uh, also, I'm curious if you have anyone in your lives. Like, I thought I have two kids. I thought only kids get to the point where they're so obsessed with their phones that it that it like you don't ever have a good conversation. My brother, in the last three years, has turned into this never not on his phone person. Like, so when I I have a better connection with him when I'm not home because he just sends me funny videos all <laughs> fucking day. It's just TikTok this. Instagram this video everything just sends me hilarious videos and we laugh and then when I'm in his presence at his house he's on his phone the whole fucking time he's just not present whatsoever and I'm like I can't even believe him sounds like a not many guys will call other guys on this shit but I finally got him to sit down and watch that winning time and he sends me a text today and he's like that fucking Lakers show sucked and I wanted to go wow. that's because you're stupid <laughs> Like you're, you're you're stupid. I go. It's it's not for you. It's too good for you. I had to say that in a not condescending way. Like I'm like you like bad things. Like do you ever have people like that in your life that if they like it, you know, you shouldn't go see it because it's gonna suck. Or That's every woman I know. <laughs> yeah, man. Anytime I've ever gotten a recommendation from. A female friend or family member, I'm like, oh, this show's gonna suck. Or this movie's fucking terrible. I, yeah. I just know I don't have to go see it. But isn't it great when you meet someone that that they're totally on par with you and they nail it? Like Andrew, oh, yeah, yeah. Can you even imagine somebody like my brother not liking that show? Like you and I love it. What why would some what would someone have wrong with that show? I don't know. I mean, it's like, how do you not like if you love sports, it's all sports, and if you like tits and ass it's all tits and ass right i mean how do you not that's like the straightest show ever didn't you ever meet people I mean, that like the thing, they, go ahead in this day and age with porn and everything do you really have to watch a movie with tits and ass like does it make it that much better when you, you know, I, you're a couple I, of love I, I love think, it i think i think it is warm up I think what it is, is he's one of these guys that's always on his phone. Like I take meds for my ADD, right? Like he's got ADD so fucking bad that he can't focus on something. That's not like just going like this. Right. Yeah. And I hate, I even hate stand up comedians that are fucking doing jokes really fast. All right. To continue with that story. I think a lot of it is this, it, that it connects with how I said he's on the phone all the time that he's on the phone all the time because he has trouble with attention. So it, that show is something 
you got to you can't just sit back and not pay attention and 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 know what's going on like if you're if you like have trouble focusing that's not a good show for you to watch right wouldn't yeah, you say that? i guess so but it's not it's not the most complex show and they edit it fancy and there's a lot of visual stuff i mean you have to really be fucking zoning out for that show. Not. like you know what it reminds me of like i had a friend growing up like see i'm from south jersey and a lot one of the reasons i moved to new york when i lived here is i didn't meet a lot of people that were into artistic things you know it just yeah. it was very like fucking like even my parents that they're able to watch the show that they're watching right now drives me fucking crazy i'm like how can you watch a show that got eight percent on rotten tomatoes and not have to shut like i have to shut it off if it's to that level of bad they can get all the way through it i cannot it's half the reason why i had to move away from here you met a lot of people that you know those people that are just like straight up the fucking middle basic like there's no one joe yeah the the thing I feel like the the Italian thing maybe didn't work with Montreal because they're like this guy doesn't read like that kind of Italian. Uh, that's why you, I feel like if you go, yeah, maybe it confused them. Yeah, maybe go back and do the British accent. No, yeah. <laughs> maybe Italian, Italians from Montreal do sound a lot different than Italians. Like I've like yeah, they're more like Italy. twice have a heavier yeah Italians from Montreal, bro. They sound like this. The top, but me, I don't care. Me, I'm all worried that he, he's looking for me. Me, if I see Joe, me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip him. You know what I mean? They talk like that, and that's how I used to sound when I was younger. And then yeah. I kind of slowly, uh, as I started doing more and more, it slowly worked out. But since I'm such a, a giant wop, I still sound Italian, but not from Montreal. The what what I was going to say is this, it reminded me of another thing. Like I had a friend growing up and, and it reminds me of something my brother would have said too. I remember taking him to see this movie that I like really liked. I can't remember. And it's bad that I, I, I can kind of remember. I think it was sidewalks in New York. Do you guys ever see that movie with um, Ed Burns? And he's trying to be very Woody Allen-esque talking to the camera. It's supposed to look like a documentary, but it's a scripted movie. That's the style of it. And I took my friend, Gene, who I grew up with down here. And his real name is Gennaro Esposito, right? And he was like, I'm getting a fucking headache watching this. They're moving the camera around. I'm like, Duh. and I have to, I'm like, it's like an artistic decision. I, like, <laughs> I'm trying to explain it to him and it just doesn't work. Like, that's how my brother is. Like, my brother can love, like, create. he loves stand-up comedy and he'll love really creative guys. But if you show him a creative movie, it goes, it just fucking. And I think, yeah, I think that winning season, that winning time, that's like a move. That's like a show that's going to win awards. It's very unique. The way they're doing it, every character talking into the, into the camera lens. Has there ever been a show where every character breaks the fourth wall and talks to you at home and then goes back into the scene? Every character does it in the show. And that's what oh, I love. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's I'm like true. that's so cool. I've never seen anyone do every character doing that. Yeah, Wait, they break it's... character and talking to the camera in this show. And every and they, character does. Yeah, they they also edit like in a really interesting way where they'll cut from the main camera to like a camera that looks like VHS, and they'll also cut like in the middle of dialogue, like almost yeah, to a right. another part of the scene. 
Yeah, and you'll still hear the other dialogue. Like to somebody who's stupid, like my brother. <laughs> not, he's not dumb though. Like he did well in school, that might be but he's creatively yeah. dumb. You know those. I, I didn't know you were talking about an actual show. I thought it was like a documentary series about no. the Lakers in the eighties. No, it's a scripted show that has a doc it. style. Yeah. I just because as you were saying, do you know any other like show that has people talking to camera? I'm like, people do it all the time in a documentary. I had no idea it was an actual. Like serious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought said, it was a documentary. Like, that's why I said Joe never seen documentaries. Adrian Bro Adrian Brody plays Pat Riley, and like it just got really and 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 uh, what's his name, John C. Riley, who's been in tons of funny movies, is doing a playing the owner of the Lakers, and he, he was in Step Brothers, you know, with Will Ferrell. Yeah. That guy, I yeah. love that guy. He's just so what, good and everything. What is this show on? Like what network? HBO, HBO Max. Oh, on HBO. Okay. Uh, but but since we're we're kind of running close on time, I, I do want to since Doug, you barely talked at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's 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 I'm listening uh, to these new fucking shows that are apparently on HBO because I don't watch anything but Soprano reruns. I must like I, I watch nothing else yeah. <laughs> about it over and over. D Doug, Dude, over and over i must have went through that fucking i must have finished it at least like 15 times and then like during the pandemic wow. i just restarted it then my ex-girlfriend started watching it and i could see she's still on my fucking hbo max and i see what episode she's on and just to fuck with her i i fucking watch a different episode every fucking week just to <laughs> you know fuck you, you bitch get off my fucking hbo max nice is there any way to take a girl out of your uh like can you make it so she can't watch hbo anymore you can make a separate well, profile I gotta change the, well yeah, that too but i have to change the password and my whole family's on it so that it fucks them all too but i guess i could just communicate like hey is the new password we're just making just so she, separate profiles for you too unless you got too many no, family I members no, i don't want her on there at all fuck her oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's my hbo max <laughs> so doug is anything uh ha happened in the last week that you you think it's interesting or funny? Fuck <laughs> it. Really sets him, puts him on the spot. I'll be something so cool. Anything, yeah, did anything great happen this week? Oh, well, so this bad week I, uh, dude, I went out like because uh, I'm I'm recently single. Oh, and, like fuck it, dude. It sucks. Like just to have to live through all that horse shit and pretending to be interested in women again is a fucking pain in my ass. Like I. Just sitting across from them and like talking to them. It's just, it's the same shit. Like one of them just like kept talking about her job over and over. And it's like, I came here to get away from my job. I don't, I don't want to hear what you do for a living. And then she asked me and then like, I have to explain to her that I also do like comedy. And she's like, so how's that going? You know, and she gives me that look like you're 32 and it's still not working. She, you should quit. And I just like, <laughs> I fucking. Oh, you so got it. Really like. I was just gonna say you got to go bisexual, man, because because they're like it's like dating a dude with tits and pussy. Well, dude, there was something I was thinking about the other night. Now I would never do this, but it was like fucking like women have to be pissed that they're losing in sports to fucking guys that are swimming, and they're also losing heterosexual guys to transgender fucking females just because they're more fun and easier and interesting to talk to. No, That's I don't even be mean another thing. I don't even mean that. I mean a woman who's bisexual. Oh, yeah. No, I don't need that shit in my life either. I tried that. <laughs> every woman, 
Every woman I met that's bisexual is always a fucking basket case. Like there's never been one. Like my one one of my ex-girlfriends was a bisexual and she was also a stripper and an ex-cokehead who had a kid with somebody who was also a cokehead. You're talking about my and fiance, now. man. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> and I got the good idea. I'm like, hey, this should be a good, this should be a good. But I didn't find out she was a stripper until after I already fell for her and had feelings for her and everything. Then she shows me all the articles she has in that shitty Stepping Out magazine. You know that magazine that's only in Jersey? No, no, I know it. Yeah. And how long she's like, were you oh, with the L- how long were you with the ex? I just broke up with only a year. Oh, all right. That's long that's long enough to be annoyed by dating again, you know. It is because like, dude, I didn't want to fucking start dating. All these women on their fucking online profiles are putting their pronouns and shit like that. And I'm just like, I don't I don't want to do this. What, I'll just what, I'll, I'll what made you guys break up? Was it mutual or no, it was all her fault. Like it was <laughs> like what? <laughs> it was this is one of the first relationships I could walk away from knowing that I did nothing wrong. Like I fucking went to like uh they, you know, they tell you to go to therapy as a man to like get in touch so you don't scream when you're fucking angry or jealous or any of that shit. So I do all that and I was in therapy for like five years or so. And like I'm like, you know, let me give this uh let me give this a shot. The only thing is, is like this person, she's not a bad person. She's just a really, really hurt person. And like that old thing, like hurt people, hurt people. Mm. So like anytime she got mad or she felt slighted, like I walked away from her for 10 minutes and that turned into a three-day fight and a screaming match in the middle of the street in New York City. One of those old classic fights. Damn. And that's so dude, cool. it was just every week. We it just sounds like a normal relationship else. though. <laughs> Is that really what a normal no, relationship fuck that. is? is that I really think either is? that or all the women I've dated are... Uh, yeah, that's what's happening. Masmo, you dated a lot of crazy bitches. I, uh, well, you know, I'm also mental too. I will say that, you know, when you're also a bit mental, you attract the, the mental... For sure, in. for sure, for sure. Yeah, or you're attracted to it, I should say. Not that yeah. you know, people always say, oh, I always attract these type of people. And I'm always like, I think you're just attracted to. I remember one uh, one girl was telling me, "Oh, I always end up, you know, meeting these, you know, married men." And I'm like, "But maybe you're attracted." She's like, "No, sometimes I find out after." But I'm like, "But after you find out they're married, because they're acting, the they're acting a certain way that is attracting right. you, which is probably emotionally distant and whatever, and that's alluring to you because that's how your parents neglected the shit out of you." You know, or you didn't have parents. Or maybe she just blows somebody the first time she meets them. Yeah. (laughs) So have you ever heard of uh, attraction styles? Like there's this whole. I never heard it in that put in that way, but I I, I understand what you're saying. And I like 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 like, people are avoidant or like uh, anxious or they're stable. Basically, are the main the three main ones and like stable. Oh, yeah. All that. Yeah, if someone likes you and you like them, you just fucking say it and then you're together. That's the like, you know, normal one. And then other people are like, oh, do you like me? Do you really like me? Like the fucking clingy types are anxious. Right. And then the avoidant people who are just like their emotions are so repressed that they can't tell you they can't 
open up to anyone and they can't be vulnerable to anyone and let their feelings shown. And, to, and usually the people who are fucking needy and the people who can't show any love are attracted to each other because they're both, you know, they're kind of used to dealing with the opposite in their, in their past. And they, they see that as what's normal, even though that's, what's fucking driving them crazy. Yeah. yeah but no, I mean, that's... The thing is, it's like, when did you ever, like, if you were ever a womanizing piece of shit as a guy, do you ever remember getting your feelings hurt in those moments? I never did. Like being a piece of shit was fucking great. Like you walled off your, your, your feelings completely and you let nobody in. But every, every woman I ever did was dying to get in. I just never let them. And I, I, I never got hurt. I was great. So well, you're pro. I was yeah. then this, this last girl, you, you let her in. Is that what you're saying? Or you yeah, were like a fucking. Oh, you did it the one time cookies. and now you're like, fuck all these bras. You know what I mean? But she's still yeah, inside of your twice. HBO Max, so you're still letting her in somehow. Dude, this is how gay I was, okay? This is how gay I was. I baked cookies from scratch twice. Hell yeah. And that's how gay I was that's beautiful. in this relationship. It's not beautiful. It's not. There's nothing gay about that, bro. You just like baking, man. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> But it sounds like Doug's a little bit like like me. Like we're like we're we're we have a different exterior than interior. Mm. Oh yeah, Joe, I'm for sure like you without the antidepressants and like all the fucking like meds and stuff. That well, at your age, I was at your age, I wasn't on any medication, and all my relationships were with crazy girls, and they, you know, I had so many different ones. And I wasn't letting them in, but you weren't letting them in because you don't like them enough to let them in. You don't even, <laughs> there's no risk. So there's no reward. And then not till I met my wife who I've been married to for six years. And that's the only one that was like what Andrew said, that was 16, like normal. Six, 16 years? Games. We've been married six, almost 17 years. Oh, wow. We've been together like 19 years. But oh wow! It was like, but I didn't meet her till I was thirty-seven. Um, so it wasn't like I was young and I met her. I mean, I was a single guy with crazy girlfriends for a really long time. Um, yeah, and cheating on them all too. Like, was not like a good boyfriend at all. But it's just because I, I didn't care if I fucked it up. I was too weak to break up with a girl that it where it sucked. I would just stay. Right. Joe, let me ask you this. All right. When you were cheating on all those women, how great were they to you, knowing that you were a piece of shit to them? Like, they probably treated you like the best any woman has ever treated you besides well, your wife. Well, one of them, I mean, there was a girl I went out with for eight years, and we're still actually friends because I came clean afterwards. And she was a sweetheart. Oh, shit. But she had a lot of problems, like what you're saying. She was a hurt person, right? So right. I just knew like she was sweet and she's great, but I could just never marry this person and have kids. She didn't want to have any kids. She just laid that right out there. She was too messed up to ever have kids. And I oh. was just like, I know for a fact I want to have kids, even though it scares the shit out of me. I, don't, I do want to do I do want to have them. And this girl could never be a mom. She's too fucked up. And oh, uh, no. I finally just ended it. And then I told her afterwards, yeah, I, I was cheating on you all the time. You were right about it. And <laughs> she, she actually handled it because, you know, she's married now. 
So yeah, and now we're and friends. He cheats on her too. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so Massimo, it's nice to meet you. Tell me about your week. <laughs> <laughs> I was I had the, the Easter uh, Easter dinner with my uh, wife's uh, family. Did you really? Yeah. Are you married? Why you? Why you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you were married. Were you married the last time I saw you? No, at the, at the time I saw you, I had uh, I was just date, my I was dating my wife. We just started uh-huh. dating. All right. So yeah, yeah. We met in like 2019. We've been married um, in um, what you call it? It's gonna be um, uh, fuck. I can't even think anymore. Um, it's gonna be a year. <laughs> in um in july is that but, why yeah. you moved to florida no we did I, we were like i was living like i was going back and forth montreal and new york and that's where i met my wife in new york and then during the pandemic um like my wife's originally, ah. from, there. She's originally from tampa bay and then during the pandemic you know we just decided to move down here like temporary like i'm moving back in july is her family down there yeah yeah all her family is down here yeah, so we went over to her, her aunt's house for Easter dinner. You're and, making uh, Doug uh, look terrible right now. I can just see the look on his face. What? It's like, ah, Doug looks like he's, he's like the third wheel single guy. He has that look. Like, no, ah. no, no, Doug is just thinking, I bet this pussy baked cookies. <laughs> well, me, no, I didn't bake cookies. I bake, I fucking love cooking, bro. I'm Italian. I'm very proud of all the things I bake or cook. Um, uh, I, bake, I bake this thing called the Tano, which is a, a thing, an Easter dish from like my father's yeah. town in Sicily. Oh, and shit. it's basically made up of, it's like you put like like a layer of bread soaked in eggs. That's like the eggs is beaten with like Parmesan cheese and parsley. You okay. soak bread, you put it on the bottom, and then you start layering pasta, uh, mm. like rigatoni, and then uh, minced up like meatballs. Like you make meatballs and you crumble them all up. And then you put like fresh mozzarella cheese and you just keep on layering, you keep on pouring so, eggs. So and basically, it comes this big fucking bread it's basically it's like, a, does your lasagna not have enough carbs in it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's just it looks like a big giant fucking when I was a kid, I thought it was the most horrible thing. I didn't like I didn't try it. Like my father made it every year. And when it just you cut in and you pull it out, it's just this fucking egg pasta meatball looking thing and when you're like seven you're like that looks fucking disgusting uh but every year i didn't try it until i was probably 19 20 years old i'm like let me fucking see what this is about and uh you know it's okay to eat once a year i want some i want some of that that sounds dude it's like ass spackle any fucking italian food for easter just hold your shit in for fucking weeks (laughs) (laughs) like pizza game is the same way bro or let anybody out i love that i love that term (laughs) the term ass spackle that's brilliant (laughs) because all italian easter food is like rich and heavy cream and salami and fucking eggs well you should try you should try is the worst man it's like heavy regatta and fucking mozzarella and you just eat like four fucking pieces of it and you can't shit for a fucking week dude, after. Really? It's terrible. Whenever I eat cheese, I fucking shit like a champ. Oh, you got lactose. <laughs> dude, whenever you... I eat cheese, it does the exact. I'm lactose intolerant, but it does uh, the exact. Ah, okay. Yeah, I don't have that problem. Just stay away from cheese. You should try oh, the God. the fucking matzo, man. That's like 
dry cement. Nah, I'm, nobody wants that. that fucking I mean, I'm Jewish. Shit. I have to eat it. I eat it. <laughs> That's fucking... I use. I put honey on it. I dated a Jewish girl. Like I put honey on matzah with apples. I forgot what holiday that was. Uh, Rosh Hashanah, New Year. Ah, that's it. Yes. <laughs> I can only imagine you coming to Jewish family dinner. You're like, hey, how you fucking Jews doing? <laughs> it's a nice I fucking some tablecloth. Where'd you get it, huh? Brought down from your fucking parents from Poland. Look at this. <laughs> what's what's so you're at your your wife's uh family's house how was that it was all right you know what i mean um i'm not i'm not um like i definitely like being like around people and all all that like i'm not uh like a hundred percent like an introvert or all that but sometimes when i'm just like fam like fun family functions you know what i mean you get asked a lot yeah. of uh you get asked a lot of questions about like things that you, you don't want to really, you know, people always just ask you questions about like, like stand up and what are you doing? When's your next thing, Ugh. you know? Ugh. And it's hard to like, like any other kind of profession, you know what I mean? It's like, and you ask somebody, like if somebody's a fucking lawyer, you're like, how's it going? Any interesting cases? And you go, yeah, I got this one case I'm working on right now. But like, you know, as a, as a comic, as an actor, you know, you, you yeah. have like a month where you're super fucking busy or you have right. a bunch of shit booked. And then sometimes, you know, you don't really have anything, you know, and especially when you like you get asked questions about um, like acting. They're like, when's your next acting thing? You're like, I have no fucking idea. Like, I know yeah. I'm going to book something soon. And then you're from, you know what idea, I, you know, and you know I, I just I get anxious sometimes was. with the family, um, especially when it's on my family. If it's my family, I was Easter at my family. I would just drink a lot of whiskey and I would just sit on the couch and, <laughs> and just, you know, zone out. But you can't do that at your wife's family's house. You can't just be the piece of shit that you normally are at family functions and just sit in front <laughs> of the fucking TV and watch the game or whatever the fuck you do. And you just can't just, you just, just you know, down shots and beers and just be Aren't like, nobody's going to talk to me. You've been married like, a there while. You have to be you polite and like answer yeah. questions. What's that? Yeah. It's a good Once point, you've Joe. been married like 16 years like me, you can drink too much and fall asleep on a couch right during a yeah, holiday. That's what I'm waiting for, Joe. <laughs> I'm waiting for that time where I get to be a piece of shit in front of her family the way I'm a piece of shit in front of my family. You know? Nice. When is that I time, that's though? When you... like, when's a good time to fully expose yourself and be a piece of shit in front of the family? Like, what, five years, right? Once you, That's what's good. I think once you have kids, it's really hard for it to, to, to you to get kicked out. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's a great. You meet a normal girl. You meet a normal girl. Like she does not gonna, you know, break up with you until it gets really bad. A normal girl wants to keep the family together. You know, we talked about ass spackle. Kids are relationship spackle. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Is it though? How many people you see get divorced with kids after a fucking year? That's true. That's because they were both probably fucked up people. You know, like two good people get great point too, Joe. They don't end it fast when when there's kids. Kids will definitely keep it together until like they're like. you know know how many friends of mine? Can you name? I I can name a few friends of mine that are in relationships and are still married because their kids aren't out of high school yet. Like they, 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 and they both tell it. They're like they know they're going to end it when those kids are gone. But the thing That's is, I, I don't know a lot of uh, I don't have a lot of married friends with kids, but through my friends, parents, like I kind of seen the, the situation where they stayed together because of the kids. And then once they moved out, they had the energy to devote to the relationship again to make it better. Oh, really? 
Yeah. That's true. I didn't think about it like that because the kids are the one that you're constantly stressing about. Then once your biggest stresses are gone, it's like you guys are in love again because you forgot about true. each other. True. And yeah. the financial stress of having kids too. Exactly. Is yeah. My mother used yeah. to always say like she would leave, like I would leave your father if it wasn't for you kids, but she would also say that when we were all like in our fucking thirties and shit. You know what I mean? I remember like the last, you know, my father passed away like about eight years ago, but I remember being like 37. She goes, sometimes I want to leave your father, but I stay cause you kids. I'm like, I'm like, I'm the youngest. And I'm like, I'm fucking 37. I go, you want to leave him? I'll be sad, but like, I can, I can get over it. You know what I mean? Spe- yeah. Speaking of being old and it's being like- treated like a kid. Uh, I went to Passover at my my friend's house, my friend from college, and his his parents are the sweetest people ever. His dad his dad's a rabbi, and his mom is just the sweetest lady ever. But where I'm fucking thirty five, almost thirty six. Her kids are all over thirty. My fiance is over. My fiance is thirty. We go there, and we're we're doing the kid. There's no kids there, so we're doing the kids games. Like they do this thing where you hide the matzah. And then if you find it, you get like money, but they're doing this for us when we're 30, we're third, you know, we're all over 30. So like they're leaving <laughs> clues everywhere. They leave nine clues and then the, all the clues have a letter on the back and you have to arrange it for a final clue. And it's just, it was so fun to do it as where are they adult. hiding the matzo though? Like if it's stuffed in somebody's fucking shoe, well, yeah, it's not a- I think it was like behind the kitchen TV. But we're like running all over the house looking for clues. Why would it hide? Ah. Because it's, uh, it's yeah. a white matzah also. Yeah. Is, it, is that, a, is that is supposed to be a rack or is it like free? free? Yeah, it's in this oh. nicely embo- embroidered little purse. You know? And then you eat it as the most matzah gets. I like hope a, not. A, a, an actual prize or that's the prize, the matzah? No, you get we get gift cards <laughs> for okay. Starbucks. Right. Uh, okay, so you're working for something. It's not like, hey, you got four boxes of matzah. Yeah, but it's funny because literally no one over 20 has ever done this in the history of Judaism, probably. I did my first egg hunt this weekend. Yeah, it's like doing the never, Easter egg hunt as an adult. Yeah, I did the, the first one this weekend. I've never, like, my family ever did that shit. Like, when I was a kid, yeah, but, I didn't even believe in Santa Claus. You know, I mean, my parents... They don't do that shit. My, they don't do that like my Canada, dad. They don't believe in Santa Claus. No, no, just my fucking family, bro. Like, just it wasn't. And then my hey, father good. thought all that shit was bullshit. They, they don't Christmas believe it. Like, I got gifts and shit, but it was right, just right. Like my father and my mother just went here. You, you guys don't. Us. It would make sense that you don't believe in it because you know people who live near the North Pole. You know. So ah, yeah, get out of here, um, <laughs> ah, you son of a bitch, you. That's that's offensive. And uh, no, but yeah, no, I never like I remember I used to make kids cry like in like grade two and shit who be- still yeah. believed in Santa Claus. I'm like, you know, that's bullshit. It's just your fucking parents. Yeah. You, you know, know, your parents are fucking gifts. liars, right? You little yeah, fucking, yeah. <laughs> fucking lying to you. Kids and my wife and I were thinking about children. And I don't think I would raise my kids because like my wife, when she was a kid, she believed in Santa Claus. And then one day her mother told her that Santa Claus is not real. And then, you know, that was like a crazy, like most children, it's a fucked up moment. And it's just like, you build this lie and then you're like, remember that magical, like you, you basically make your children believe uh, in fucking magic. And then one day you turn to them and go, magic's not real. And you just destroy their fucking life. Andrew, you, I told you what my son said to me when I told him, when he asked us if there was no Santa. No, boy. 
You don't remember this? I th- vaguely, but what? what? Well, it's one of my bits, but he really said it. He goes, uh, you and you and mom are Santa, right? Just tell me. It's you guys, right? And we're like, yeah, it is. He goes, good thing you told me. Because <laughs> if you didn't, I might have had kids. And then I wouldn't have got them anything. Oh, wow. That's oh, Jesus Christ. I, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> God bless this kid. He has the right I, mindset. I thought he was I, when you first started saying that. I thought he was like, I might have had kids and fucking lied to them, and now he's not going to have kids because he doesn't want to have to lie to them. Well, it's true. Your parents could lie to you for eight years straight and never fucking tell you the truth. Yeah, I mean, how do you ever believe him again? Like I, yeah, when your parents but, say I love you to each other, how do you believe that they actually love each other? Like you said, your parents were like, oh, I would leave your father. Hey guys, you know she's being honest though. I was gonna say she's lying before, but they didn't even lie to you about Santa. My my son now that now that he's fourteen, two days ago he he comes into the he he watches my stand up sometimes like on social media, and he goes, I saw a bit that you did about being with two girls at the same time. He goes, Is that true? (laughs) And I go, (laughs) I can't tell you. I go. you're like Santa Claus is real. I go, your mom, your mom is my wife, and I'm not saying that right now. Right, right. <laughs> how old does how old does he have to get before you tell him? Uh, he's got to at least be like you know have have been in a relationship with a woman before. Okay, you know, but he's 14. He knows you're lying to him. You know what I mean? Like, I think he knows him. I think he's smart enough to know that joke's real. Yeah. Wait, right. is he 14? Also, you're talking about it right yeah. on this podcast. He'll probably see this eventually. Yeah. <laughs> see this no, is he's the, 14. Yeah, he's this old is the, enough now. Joe, this is the clip. Probably <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. found out Santa wasn't really saw a stand-up bit about that I did or something about Santa. <laughs> yeah. And then he um, But we're we're about to turn into a pumpkin, so we should probably do plugs and stuff. Yeah, let's do let's do the plugs at the end of the podcast. As uh, this is going to be an editing fun time, but uh, just don't edit it. It's fine. We're fine. Yeah, hey, just throw, throw it all, all in with all the fucked up cuts. You know, yeah, you gotta have the, gotta have the theme music. You know, well, that that. But you don't have to edit yeah. out when I said the times were. No, out. no, Who's I won't. I won't. The only thing I'm plugging is I'm in Philly this weekend. That's why I'm actually at my parents' house. I got to do this radio show that's big in Philly tomorrow morning called Preston and Steve Tuesday. They're still around? Yeah, they're still around. Holy shit. (laughs) Are you kidding? Are you serious? No, I'm being fucking serious. I didn't know there was... I've heard that name when I was in fucking high school, and I didn't think radio guys lasted that long anymore. Yeah, yeah, those guys have been in the Philly area forever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they kick ass down there, and uh, they have comedians on all the time. So uh, I'm plugging this gig I'm doing Saturday in uh, Philly called uh, City Winery, JoeMatterese.com, April 23rd, this Saturday. Get tickets. Cool. Massimo, what about you, man? Uh, uh, tomorrow I'll, I'll, be at, uh, I'll be at a skate park learning how to do a shove it. All right. Okay. What is <laughs> yeah, a sh- we didn't get to Massimo's skateboarding story at all. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have to have it's okay. Back. It's not really that. I started skateboarding uh, like a year ago. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm just uh, skateboarding and uh, I'm recording myself. I'm taking it serious. I'm all right. Treating myself cool. like, a, like oh. a real athlete. I started I'm supposed fast. to learn that I'm when you're out of shape. You know what I mean? I, uh, yeah. I see dudes online who are like, what's that? 
you're supposed to learn that when your bones are still gummy, not when you got arthritis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's even harder. Yeah, when you're like, yeah, I have, I do have like some type of arthritis or bones that hurt, whatever did that's you, called. Did you join a skateboard park or are you just doing it on the street? No, bro. I just yeah, I go to like a skateboard park, whatever. Like a skate park over place. I just I just watch YouTube videos. I just watch people who are like really good and like fit and shape doing things, and I try doing it. And I uh, I fall and hurt myself. The people try to. I remember when I used to skateboard when I was like 12, you try to do as many 360s as you could. The people oh, still I, do I that. Just try to. Spin. Yeah, there is. Yeah, like uh, freestyle and all that shit is apparently coming back. I can't. I can do about like 90 degrees. That's what I can turn. Okay. I just learned how to do like a fakey 180. Kick what kind of skateboard you got? It's. Uh, what kind it's of like, trucks you, know, you got? You still say that? I got, kind of uh, truck Thunder, got? Thunder trucks, Spitfire wheels, eight and where. a half inch boards. They fucking gnarly. We had these wheels called Sims Pure Juice, and they smelled like grape juice. Yeah, Is I think really Sims good? still. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that as I was looking. That's cool. For like uh, skateboard wheels <laughs> yeah. online. But listen to what Joe said. He did this when he was 12, not fucking 41. <laughs> listen, bro, I stopped doing blow, man. I don't know what the fuck to tell you, man. Oh, you fell the fucking burn out the demons. I, I, I had yeah. a friend. I had a friend in my high school. This kid, Andy Martin. I still remember his name. His brother was a professional skateboarder. His name was Ernie Martin, and he made his own. He made his own uh, boards, and they would sell them in stores. His his brother like. I think he had the record in the Guinness Book World Records for like a year of the high jump on a skateboard. But then it got broken. And I remember thinking this kid was the coolest kid ever because he had no one else had long hair. Just this kid and his him and his brothers fucking skateboarding. It's so fucking funny. That was big when I was young. Yeah. At one point, there were skateboard yeah. parks with the pools. The, pe the people still right. drop in the pool. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's all that shit. Yeah, I, pretty much to, I came down to Florida. And there's, you know, also during the pandemic, there's not much like happening. And just, you know, it's, there was... you, know, you just start seeing everybody fucking, cause it's, you know, like big, it's not like as big as I'd say like, you know, California, most of the skaters yeah. are there, but there is a huge, huge skate scene. There's like a lot of pros the... that are down here in Florida. So you see people fucking skateboarding there, everywhere. You know there I mean? was the coolest pool uh, scene in, in uh, Puerto Escondido in, in Southern Mexico. Where it was just like a nightclub slash bar slash people rapping and they had like clothing stores and then they had this pool with like kids of all ages and adults just skating the pool while a rap concert's going on at like 11 p.m. on a weekday. It was the coolest shit ever. Oh, nice. That's some cool shit right there. A lot of drugs being done and everything. That sounds like fun. <laughs> Around children. Doug, you got you got a new, new podcast, right? I do. It's called the No Offense Podcast with uh, Doug Yorum. It premieres every Wednesday and sometimes Thursday if I can get the time in the studio. Um, I'll be at the pair August 20... August? No, what, what month are we in? April 29th? April. I'll be there. <laughs> All the way to August. Yeah. Guys, not, hey, not one of those that begin with A. One of those... Yeah, that's going to be the next show. It's in August. Uh, again, April 29th, I'll be at the pair. And follow me on Instagram at the Doug, at the Doug Urim on Instagram. And I, I have some more dates I'm going to post up. I just can't fucking remember them all right now. Hell yeah. And um, I got to plug a couple shows. Uh, I'm doing Leroy's Place in Park Slope. Um, my show One Laps First, where like comedians kind of face off and then the first one to laugh loses. So it's, it's going to be a whole tournament. 
and I'm and there's stand up too. I'm doing and a live band. We're doing that uh, April uh, May May 14th Saturday May 14th at Leroy's place, and we're doing it again at Pete's Candy Store June 7th. So uh, get tickets on their websites, uh, Leroy's place or Pete's Candy Store. Just follow me on Instagram at Andrew Steiner without the A. Yes, and support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash pretender to contender. And uh, that's it, guys. Thanks for doing the podcast, Doug and, and Massimo. Thanks so much. And uh, Thank you for having me, man. Thanks for yes, doing man. it. Appreciate it. And I'm going to go check the end of this movie out with my parents. <laughs> what is the movie, by the way? I'm curious. You never mentioned what movie it was. Clear something. Hey, Dad. Dad. <laughs> What's Shut that the movie called up. again? <laughs> what? Catch and release. Uh, it's a fishing movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a rom com or some shit, right? You said Jennifer. Garner. All I know is I was watching yeah, Jennifer it for, Garner's. Jennifer in it, Garner's yeah. in it. I was watching it for about twenty minutes and it had no plot. Like I don't know what was going on, so I can't tell you what the movie like is about. All I know is she looks sad. That's it. Sounds great. Let's watch it. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Don't watch it. 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. See you guys. Take care, guys. Later. Right. See you later.